financial struggles with few resources and even fewer options can be enough to make anyone feel like they are sinking like quicksand. You might start to think, am I meant to wander the rest of my life in this destitute state? Is there any way out? In today's episode, I've asked a special guest to come out, my dad, Wayne Heckford. Hey! Today he's going to share how he made it through a significant career and financial setback. So listen on and be encouraged. So thanks for coming out, Dad. You know, when I first asked you to do this, I had no idea what story you'd pick to share. But I'm excited that you chose this one because it's equally part of my story as well. So I feel like it's, you know, kind of a treasure to get to be able to have this conversation with you now that, you know, I'm an adult um, and looking back on this um, experience that happened way back then and especially to have it recorded as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm glad to be here. And I could tell you this is a like cornerstone event and moment for mm. me and our family so yeah. that we can go back and look at and talk yeah. about. Makes me wonder what Jacob and Emily um, thought and felt during that time. Probably to go ask them later. Um, but yeah, but for now, like, no, you know, no more dilly dallying around here. Uh, let's get to, to the story. Uh, so where does your story begin? Well, it was back in uh, year 2000 when, Ooh, <laughs> when I was uh, th- about 37 years old, um, mm-hmm. there was a massive reorganization in my place of employment. I received a drastic pay cut and benefit cut, and it amounted to a little over $1,000 a month. Uh, mm, that's a lot. So uh, that left me with a, a lot of questions in my life of yeah. what am I going to do? How am I going to go forward with this? Uh, do I need to make a change? Um, how am I going to make it? Uh, yeah. How am I? You know, I'm married with three kids and bills to pay everywhere, and it's yeah. just a lot of questions. And it wasn't a, what I felt a lot of good answers that were coming back. Yeah. Oh man, Y2K year 2000. That was a big year. Man, that means that means like I was 11 during that time. Um, wow. Which means that Jacob would have been seven or eight. And Emily would have been four. You know, if I was 11, that would make her four. So she's just a baby. Man, man, $1,000. Like, that's something that, or more than $1,000. That's something now that I can, you know, better understand versus at the time when I was a child. You know, because now that I'm an adult and have my own house and bills to pay, I can, like, wow, just what a shock that would be for sure. Yeah. Well, it was is like a fourth of our income as well. So Gosh, it wasn't like yeah. we we're big, high paying, fluke jobs either. Yeah. So it was like, in with it being, was it kind of sudden or was it something you kind of knew was going to happen or how was the announcements made at work? Well, it was a transition period. There was, um, you know, there there was an announcement that would happen uh, months prior to. Yeah. But you're still in a state of disbelief. You couldn't. They're not going to do this to me. I've been a great employee doing all these great mm-hmm. things. How sure. long have you been there at that point? I, I'd been there um, about 10, 11 years. At that Already point. at that yes. point? And yeah. So, wow. That well, kind of adds, you know, insult to injury there a little bit. Oh, yeah. 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 So. Wow. And just, and still, like, you might know something, a change is going to happen, but you didn't know that was going to happen. Or did you? Well, we did know individually. Individually, they brought you in yeah. and said, here's what is your benefits package. Mm-hmm. And when you got that, that letter and you signed that contract saying that you would continue on with that employment, mm-hmm. it started to sink in. 
And, yeah. and, and you made some mm-hmm. changes, but you still didn't realize here, mm-hmm. here's the money that you've got now and to, what this to make is gonna it. really be. So yeah. it was really disheartening and a hard. So what was that conversation like with mom? Well, <laughs> it was. Do you it, remember that? Like what that was like? I mean, I know it was a while ago now. <laughs> <laughs> it was more fretting and, uh, yeah. cur- you know, and, and, and just a, a struggle uh, yeah. for us to. To even say, man, this is this is what's happening. We've yeah. got to make these types of cuts and mm-hmm. and changes. Uh, I would say our encouragement during that time was uh, I I had a special assignment, so yeah. it was a little different in that uh, before then I had to do shift work. Yeah, and and shift work's terrible. I think yeah. it, I think it's from the devil. <laughs> uh, as a kid during that time, I agree, and even as an adult now, because my husband has to work shift work sometimes, so, and it's it is terrible. But worst graveyard shifts and 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 work, working weekends and all mm-hmm. that. So the the blessing or the encouragement, I was no longer having to work that shift work mm-hmm. at nights and weekends uh, per se. Yeah, uh, my regular work. Week was Monday through Friday, eight to five, with holidays off and things of that nature. Yeah, a little bit of silver so, lining there. So those that was an encouragement of sorts, kind of, but not to put a band aid on it, but still, yeah. Because I remember like talks of having to cut things back. Like I remember, I'm feeling the tension as well. Like I knew, I mean, there's no tension between you and mom, but like just the tension of like things are just not as uh, smooth <laughs> as it was once before. And I remember reading uh, things being uh, talked about, like I'm, the trash, not having a trash pickup. I think the newspaper subscription was cut. And did we lose cable? Yes, we did <laughs> cut off cable. And yeah. We had to uh, back to the only three channel stations yeah. that we had in the area. Mm, did that hurt mom the most? I think it did. I know she loves watching <laughs> she TV. Does. And that yeah. was a that was definitely a, a change. Yeah. We yeah. laugh about those times now. But. We laugh about yeah, but I know it, it like I said before, you could I could feel the tension. I, like I, like like I said earlier, like I'm kinda curious to hear what Jacob and Emily remember from that time, but I felt the tension. I don't I don't know if they did or not, but I did. And, you know, but I think my favorite memory, though, is from that time is this one. <laughs> and like I said, it's something we laugh about is having to eat at El Wayno's all the time, especially <laughs> on Sundays. <laughs> and for for those that don't know, El Wayno's is my dad's house, the dad's, dad's kitchen. Because we'd ask on Sundays, like, hey, because everyone else is going out to eat somewhere. And say, so, oh, where, can we go out to eat uh, Chili's or somewhere? And your answer would be... We're going to El Wayno's. You're like, oh. <laughs> it took us a while to figure out, like, oh, where, where that was, and that was going to be the answer for a while. And, and, and that yeah. we had a fine menu and just great <laughs> things. Yeah, and Caleb loves that. He never had, that so never had a crowd to wait through. At that, That's, that yeah, no wait. <laughs> you could be as loud as you wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> no line at the bathroom. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's something, yeah, Caleb loves that. He wants to come up with his own little name for his, for our kitchen here. <laughs> so you've inspired him. <laughs> yeah. But what were some of your biggest fears? Well, if we, if we were going to have enough money to make it through, you you know, we mm-hmm. children and their needs aren't cheap, you know, braces, um, yeah. uh, it, things you want to do, and, and you just you didn't have the money to, to do those things. There, yeah, there are many times that uh, you, I, we still faithfully attended church when when I was available to go, and usually yeah. it's a Sunday night or Wednesday mm-hmm. night 
many times on Sunday morning I was working or something like that. Mm-hmm. But and and you had a I gave a tithe. We faithfully tithed. Uh, yeah. And you and you're sitting here. You got your checkbook and your yeah. We had checkbooks then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're looking your checking account and you you got X amount of dollars and it's only going to leave you twenty or thirty dollars for the rest of the week. You yeah. you're not going to get paid again. Or, or you don't know where the next money's going. And you may be a month before you get paid again. I know, because mom was a teacher. She only get paid once a month. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Squeeze. But yeah. I'm going to write that check out. And, and that's the money that God's given us. And, yeah. And, and, he's, and he took care of us. And yeah. uh, those, those were, you know, you don't know. But, but it's through that time. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I share that. And a Sunday morning worship service was was where I was dealing with some of these, you know, you know I could say I was angry. Yeah. I was concerned. I was disheartened. Yeah. And I uh, was singing worship songs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and through one of those worship songs we were singing, it just, God just spoke to me. And he said, I've got you. And it spoke to me, I've got you mm-hmm. and your family. And I seen, seen over and over and over again, where he yeah. did the months ahead, where I needed I needed a little part time something. Mm-hmm. Here, here we go. Here's here's some work that you can do. Somebody would give me something that man, I had no idea what I needed. Yeah, clothes for for y'all for school. Mm-hmm. Uh, or my car lasted a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these tires didn't need uh, yeah. changing so often. He he took care of me through that whole time, and and us, not just yeah. me, but us. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. I never missed a bill, didn't miss a note. Uh, my needs were met, and um, the, that second job that I took, it it was uh, really wasn't a, a job that took a lot of sweat and and beat you down. You're physically tired. It was just. Uh, you had to be there and do that mundane task. Mm-hmm. And it takes some brain power. <laughs> it just took you. Take uh, some space. <laughs> you, you were there. And, and it, took your time, you're right. which took, is valuable. Took my time away from my family that, and yeah. took time away from things I probably wanted to do or yeah. could have done with my family, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, But even in those times, I was able to either uh, think about godly things or read mm-hmm. my Bible and still do that job I was hired to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, faithfully going to church mm-hmm. and and doing the things I know God wanted me to do. It it that's that's where I knew. Yeah. And God speaking to me through all the the friends at church and yeah. encouragement there, I was going to be okay. So, how long did all this go on? Well, it took uh, from from the time I actually got those pay mm-hmm. cuts and benefit cuts. Mm-hmm. It took eight years to get back Man, to, eight years. To, to get back where it was financially. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. A long time. It was. It was. But I have to say, it kind of makes sense because you put those eight years, if I was 11 and when it first happened, eight years later, that would put me at 17. And it, it did seem that as I was, you know, graduating, going on to college, that things seemed to get a little bit better for you guys. You know, and oh, we yeah. got the best deal of it all. <laughs> Better in the stick. So, so there were some pay adjustments that came up yeah. a, a few months later. So I did take out uh, that second job. I continued on with that 
mm-hmm. second job for about a year and a half or two years. Yeah. So and uh, and and I found other details. Uh, yeah. And jobs like a, a a job that I could do after hours. Yeah. And so I would be working instead of eight hours. 10 hours or 11 hours a day mm-hmm. wasn't terribly bad. Kind of like a little bit of extra, extra overtime. Kind right. Of. And I could work that in a five day week and then I would. Yeah. Have. So those were some accommodating things that came along and, and helped out greatly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you and mom do like Dave Ramsey during that time? Cause I remember that. Well, I, I, I did look at it. some Dave Ramsey stuff. I didn't buy their program or anything like no. that, but it, just taking the simple, but we did have envelopes. I remember that. You're right, right. So the, you took the concepts that they mm-hmm. talked about the debt snowball and mm-hmm. and paying off your debt because we couldn't we couldn't go charge up a bunch of stuff, um, yeah, because you couldn't pay it back. Or, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. we uh, we paid off debt, and that for it wasn't sitting over our head all the time. Yeah. Um, so in a way, I did uh, financial free fr- uh, what it costs. Uh, Freedom from Financial Pressures uh, booklet that I found. Yeah. And, and it has a lot of Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. uh, ideas in it. Yeah. Man. And it's amazing to me now because, you know, like I'm an adult now looking back at that. Like, man, when I was like 13 and 14, you know, I did travel softball. You know, like how do we, you know, and all three of us had braces. Um, a lot of stuff like that. And <laughs> I mean, we didn't always have the best stuff, but we were still, we were right there doing stuff you know we didn't do nothing <laughs> you know wow so uh, there was a you know one time i you mentioned uh, asked me about doubt did i have any doubts and things about my mm-hmm. my setbacks or things like that and yeah and so you know a realization came into uh, you know i thought about changing jobs thought about going yeah. somewhere else and doing something and mm-hmm. I, I realized that uh, going through uh uh, a place to look for a job. Yeah. Uh, about the only thing I qualified was car sales. <laughs> mm. uh, that wasn't that was not appealing to me at all. I, I'd, I'd had some sales experience before we uh, had children. Yeah. And uh, and I, I never did want to go back to doing sales again because it's just um, I call it uh, a rat race and the rats are winning. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, it's just a d- hard. A lot of pressure. So as uh, yeah. so I, I you know it made me doubt what you know what can I do? Am I am I any good at anything? Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that uh, uh, as soon as I could, I was going to go back and finish my college education. I didn't know yeah. what that would do for me, other mm-hmm. than if I ever was in this position again, uh, I would hopefully qualify something more than car sales. Yeah, man. I can't believe it's car sales because I thought it was like FedEx or something, like driving a FedEx car. I remember something to that nature. Because, again, I have to say, like, that's something that impacted me as well because I remember this conversation when I was young. And and that's what, you know, made me take my school seriously because I knew, especially being I'm a, as a girl in America, there's just not a lot of options for us to do well for ourselves, to, to provide for ourselves without some type of education. So I have to say it is something that, you know, maybe younger than other people. I'm not really sure. But for me, you know, put on me that I need to have that. You know, I needed a college education. So I guess I have you to thank for making me nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was already there. I don't know. Well, <laughs> and, and 
going back to school uh, yeah. after some of these trying times, going mm-hmm. back to school and and it what helped me and I realized it helped you, Jacob and Emily, is to those hurdles that you faced. Mm-hmm. It was nothing to it because I I was doing those things. Yeah, I knew to go to this dean or. Here's the line you go fill out this form, and here's mm-hmm. where you got to go fill out that form, the FAFSA form. Yeah. And and those things weren't mm-hmm. quite so troublesome for me to even help you through those events. Yeah. And I could definitely tell, like with Jacob, it was a struggle and, and many times a, just a flat-out battle for him to continue on with his college mm-hmm. education. I said, if, if dummy here can do this, <laughs> you can do this. And yeah. I, I think that encouraged him and each one of you to some degree mm-hmm. to finish your education because it, it gives you a leg up on, on life. Or just different options, you know, like you're saying, like just different options to you where without it, there's not as many options. And I wouldn't there. say at this point, I wouldn't say that a college education is the cornerstone key no, thing. It's it just completing education. some type of training so that you will have a, a talent, mm-hmm. a gift and, and being able to go forward with yeah. that. And and you've got something that you have to offer. Society. Something beyond high school. Right. Some type of certification beyond, beyond right. high school, for sure. Man, I remember, uh, you grad- I know for a while there, it took you a long time to graduate. We almost graduated college together. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, it took about seven years hmm. from the time I went back. I had about 50 or 60 hours that I had accumulated, and I really goofed off in my first go-around at college. I had about... 50, 60 hours. It took me five years to get that. Mm. So if you can yeah. figure out that. And I was a full-time student. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so when I went back to school, uh, it, three hours, six hours at a time, took me seven years to, to you know, going all, basically all the time to get that college yeah. education. And I did graduate by the same time you did. Almost, yeah. It was pretty close, like a two-year difference, I think. Yeah. So, I know you mentioned earlier you loved, you talked a lot about prayer and you know just being faithful and still attending church and being with your uh, church community and friends. Were there any other Bible verses that kind of you know stuck out to you during that time? Well, my 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 life verse, my favorite life verse, uh, is Romans twelve one and two, and uh, there there was a, a song uh, that we me and your mother went to go see these gospel singing mm-hmm. groups all the time. And it was one from West Monroe that was, had made it big time, and okay. the, the Hemp Hills. Okay, and we, uh, but there was a song they sang, you know, and the one I remember today, and and it's, you know, I can't remember all the words. I could probably yeah. start singing them and they'll come to me, but, <laughs> but it's the only real peace I have is in you, mm. and uh, you know, thinking about the struggles and the challenges and the heartaches that. Uh, we were facing and difficulties, yeah. and you just you start praying and singing and listening to songs like this. Uh, yeah. There's a peace that comes, and uh, and mm. it just it's just a a place of solitude, it's just a special time that God visits with you. Yeah, and, and again, it gives you comfort. Mm-hmm. It gives you that peace that to make it through. Yeah, those uh, chaos and pandemonium times. Yeah. You know, for those who don't know, like my dad is a, he's a singer, 
Pretty good singer. Honestly, you know, I have to say, I didn't realize how good of a singer you were until I was probably in my mid-20s. And I think it's just because I grew up hearing you sing all the time. But it was about till about then. And I was like, oh, you're actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> Compared, because I started thinking about all the other people I knew in my life. And I was like, oh, like you actually can sing. So, But I say all that to say, do you feel like you experience God more during song than, than any other time? Oh, I would definitely say yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been, and I'll tell you, it's hard to continue to have a, a singing. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just, I can't, my mouth is moving mm. and the words are coming because God is moving through my mind and, mm-hmm. and showing me things that he's brought me through again. Yeah. And and, and the comfort. Uh, yeah. And uh, it just, it really, you know, I'm, I'm sitting mm-hmm. up here at, at a church service mm-hmm. crying like a baby. <laughs> Uh, and people don't know what in the world is going on in my head. Yeah. And and because God is speaking to me mm-hmm. in the midst of that song. So Message and song. Isn't yes. that what Miss Ellen used to call it? Right. Message, Message and song. song. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I was surprised. I didn't know you had a life verse. Um, why uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2? Well, uh, I, I look back on that in, in a special time in my life when mm-hmm. when. God was working in it, you know, going to church, hearing preachers preach. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one stuck with me. Uh, yeah. And it's one that, uh, uh, looking even at my life at this point, yeah. at that point in time, I was, you know, I got saved when I was 15. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't know a lot about Bible, but I, I went to church even prior to that. Yeah. But as a... Continued to go on to church on this life verse, and, and it's twelve Romans 12, 1 and 2, and I'll share that. It says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your spiritual worship, not to be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Now, that's a newer version. Yeah. One of the uh, one the, the King James Version, it has a passage that says, what is your reasonable service? Reasonable mm. service. And, and many times I look back in my life and say, what's, what's reasonable? What, mm. you know, it's not outlandish. It's not crazy. But it's what, what can God ask of me? Yeah. That's reasonable. And, and so I, I could give him those things. Yeah, and it wasn't crazy to me to go out here and sing. Yeah, <laughs> it's not crazy for me to go out here and attend a church or to go to a a, a benefit program where I'm mm-hmm. actually giving of myself to somebody, help you know, feeding the hungry, or yeah, or you know, just mm-hmm. giving ten dollars for this event. So that's that's what I thought felt God was yeah. doing in my life. Just give myself and be that living sacrifice. Yeah. And and be and I'm not gonna ask you to do something outlandishly mm-hmm. crazy. Just to show up. Just give me your mm-hmm. reasonable service. And I found that it is transforming. Yeah. It has changed. And it is and it is, you know, things in my mind that wasn't things weren't clicking, they started to click. <laughs> yeah. So it is transforming. Yeah. And it is uh, pleasing. I found that's that's what God wanted me to do. Yeah. So it's a no brainer for me to keep doing those things. So that's my that's how it became a life verse, and that's how I see those as I unpack that yeah. verse of scripture in my life. Mm. 
You know, you mentioned a lot earlier about, you know, God, you know, talking to you or you had the song that spoke to you. Uh, how, how do you know that that was God speaking to you? Well, it's the comforting feeling and then the supporting events that happen afterwards mm. where I need, I need some money. <laughs> Just <laughs> that plan. I need some money. Yeah. And, and, God supplied that need. Mm. It wasn't like it just dropped out of heaven, yeah. but it's the phone rang and said, Hey, we need somebody to do this. Can you do it? And it's going to pay X amount of dollars to do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And yeah. that happened over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So it, it, when, and it just goes back to support that I've got you. Yeah, you know, you. I think one of those. I'm well, probably the time with the the old truck I had. That well, say it actually wasn't old; it was brand new to us. Um, well, that's my first vehicle, and I'm not a truck person um, at all. It was a little blue GMC Sonoma that we inherited because we had a family member that had passed away, and they had actually um, it wasn't even to meet me first. Uh, you tell me the details. I don't remember now. Well, it. She took care of a, a cousin Jack, of ours, yeah. and this was his truck. Mm-hmm. And when he passed away, she said, here's a truck. <laughs> it's yeah. just the time you started driving. Right. Well, that's why I bring that up because, hey, this is within the, within those eight years. I was only 16 then. and Because without that, well, I wouldn't have had a car. That's I'm not to ride the old G's wagon at school. <laughs> and I was playing sports. I needed a car. <laughs> Right. You know, and so, and I was happy to drive it. I didn't care. It was brand new. Pretty well, it was pretty new. It's rarely driven at that time. Um, so I was just happy to have it. So I, I do remember too that the air conditioner went out in that truck. It did. And, <laughs> and, and we weren't able to fix it. So you drove that truck uh, yeah. at least a year and a half before. Without, yeah. You know, just so hey, just, but y'all already taught me. <laughs> You know, all you do is yeah, just... 270 was our yeah. air conditioning. I don't hope it wasn't going 70, but maybe 250. <laughs> Two windows, 50 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Just got to roll it down. Right. You know, just but how to make how, do. That's how God took care of those mm-hmm. things. I, I needed a car. Yeah. To help and you. And actually, I was I got to go to like four proms and four homecomings. But I don't think we... I borrowed it, almost every dress I wore. I don't think I actually bought any. And the ones we did buy, we bought at consignment shops. <laughs> um, I think the most expensive one was $60. But they actually looked really nice. I agree. So... And I was thankful for the ones as I was get to, able to borrow from the people I did. You know, they were still in style. You know, it's because for girls, that's kind of a big deal. But yeah, it worked. It did work out, and I didn't feel I didn't feel like I missed out. You know, I think it gave me and maybe my siblings as well just a heart of gratitude, just being grateful for the things we did have, um, and just knowing that the flashy things aren't really necessary. Um, that you can still enjoy life and have a full life without having like the best of the best stuff. Or at least that's from, from my view of it. It really just seemed like how like you and mom really did work together during that and modeled hard work and what that looked like. And just to have some elbow grease and some little bit of grit to you, you can pretty much do anything, you know. But of course, the piece of that, what you guys are talking about, because anybody can do that without without God. But I think having the God part in it is what made it still a fun time or a peaceful time. Because you know, obviously, anytime money is tight, it's always stressful. 
you know, but I do feel like that was from my child perspective on it. You're even looking back on it too, you know? Yeah. Well, thankfully, even when we recording, uh, one of the, the things that I, I sought your mother mm-hmm. was a godly woman. Yeah. And, uh, she was definitely a godly woman and, and we based our whole life and our whole, uh, marriage yeah. off godly principles. So he, he was at the center of our marriage mm-hmm. and, uh, we could always go back to that when, when everything wasn't working, that's where we get back to yeah, and, and things start working again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, she told me like, uh, I don't know, I guess I was in my teenage years asking her, how did you know dad was the one and that kind of stuff. And she'd always told us, or at least me, like uh, that she knew you were different because on the f- y'all's first date, you prayed before y'all went out the driveway. And she's like, ain't nobody done that for her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, that stuck out to her. And I think that I always thought that was neat. I thought it was neat that she's able to share that with us when it came time for being innately looking for her. You know, our spouse and whatnot, that that's something that should at least be on, on a marker. <laughs> you know, at least know how to pray. <laughs> so, yeah. So, man, you know, what did you learn about God's character throughout all this? Well, first and foremost, that I can count on him. Yeah. When he tells you something to your your spiritual self. Yeah. And your lowest low or your innermost self, mm-hmm. you can count on it. You can take it to the bank. Um, yeah. You may not be able to borrow on it at, <laughs> at First National Bank, but you can definitely say, I am going to be okay because God has given me that peace in my heart. Yeah. So when those hard things come up, I've, I've learned to ask a few questions or, or actually make a statement. Yeah. Okay, God, what are you trying to show me here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because sometimes you just feel like you hit that brick wall and you're mm-hmm. banging your head against that wall and, and and you realize God's got something he wants me to do. Show me, tell me, tell yeah. me what you want me. So that's a that's a change or a way of prayer of what, okay, God, what mm-hmm. what do you want me to do? Or what are you trying to show me? Yeah. yeah there's there's something here that you're trying to show me and and he does show me those things. He shows me this is the path I want you to take. This is what you, I, I, I want you to encourage somebody to do this. I want you to, and those the, that's the character of God that I see that he is guiding and, and ordering my steps. Mm, yeah. I like that scripture, knowing that just that comfort that we can make. I think the proverb says that no, man makes their plans, but it's the God that directs their steps. Yes. He's made all kinds of plans, <laughs> but he's the one that's got it. Yeah. So from learning that about God, how did that impact your relationship with him moving forward? Well, I, I, here I am now almost 60. Yeah. I'm looking back more than looking forward. Cause I say looking back cause I'm looking back and seeing all the things that he has done, mm. the blessings that he has blessed me with. And I've seen his hands all over my life through my even my my dad dying when I was a young man. Yeah, and uh, I saw how he sheltered me and my family and and mm-hmm. brought us through that. My mother having cancer. Yeah, now she's on her third bout of cancer. Yeah, and I see how she's operating through that. A godly woman 
doing godly things. But I see how all those struggles, I mean, uh, there's other things that's happened to my family and happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I can say that 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 God's in control. Yeah. I, as much as I want to say, man, I got this. I, yeah. I got the steering wheel. No, it's more like I'm throwing my hands up and Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had the wheel. Yeah. And I've just had to recognize that he was in control. Mm. And um, yeah. And then I'm I'm able to not panic but pray. Yeah. And I earnestly pray. And, yeah. And uh and and big a big part of that prayer is thank you, Lord. Mm. And I, every day I wake up. And I say, thank you, Lord, for yeah. what, you're, what you've done today by just letting me wake up again and what you're going to do yeah, by through me, for me, just whatever experience you want me to experience yeah. today. Man. What would you tell someone today if they were facing a similar situation? <laughs> I had a preacher tell me one time, and he was uh, relating a story, people that were saying that they were uh, wanting to hear from God. And I remember that story over and over again. He, he said, you, you do the things that you know God wants you to do. Well, coming to church is one of the things he wants you to do. He wants <laughs> yeah. you to tithe. He wants mm-hmm. you to fellowship with one, one with another. He wants you to love other people. So if you, he wants you to read your Bible. <laughs> yeah. So do the simple things that you know God wants you to do. He wants you to pray, go to church. Read your Bible. And you, it, it, how boring and terrible. That's too simple. I need something. That's... Well, now we got audio. You can listen to it. <laughs> so so do the simple but things yeah. that you know to do, mm-hmm. and God will speak to you. He mm-hmm. will. You, you need to. So in other words, just start listening. You need to adjust your ears. You may have to clean yeah. your ears out because you, you've got a bunch of junk in your life. Mm-hmm. I think it says in Jeremiah where it talks about like um, seek him and you'll find him when you seek him with all your heart. That's true. And that's something that's ever stuck to me. Um, it's like, wow, like knowing that he's there um, and you're able to hear from him. You just got to be willing to listen to him, which also brings back to like I, I was I've, I've attempted this Bible study at least twice in my life. <laughs> it's by Henry Blackaby about experiencing God. I've never I've never been able to finish it. But from the times of have the parts that I have studied about. He just talks about how God is always at work around us. We just have to be open to you know and to jump on with what whatever He's already doing. Like God's already at work; He's already doing something. He's just allowing you to be a part of it. And so when you start seeking Him, that's when you get to be aware of it and then jump on. There's your there's your situation. There's there's where God wants you to be. And and doors open. Had another preacher say that whenever. He will continue to walk through whatever doors that's open until God closes them. Mm. But I'm going to keep walking through the door. Yeah. So you make your mind up to keep walking through doors, even yeah. no matter how fearful it may be. You may not think you have the resources or the skills or walk through the door. Yeah. And and when God closes that door, you know God's got the door closed. Yeah. So don't go into anything thinking that you don't have enough. I could guarantee you that Moses, when he walked up to the Red Sea, well, okay, God, what, what, how, what am I to do now? I got the army behind me. Yeah, and I, the sea I, in front of me. Yeah, you know, hold your hands up. Yeah. Part the water. 
<laughs> that door will open. And that's the faith that we got to have when God yeah. tells us and, and he moves us and uses us to that point. Mm. Well, Dad, you know, thanks for coming out today and for sharing your story with me. Um, it's just it's seeing your part and, and um, hearing how, how it was for you during that time. If nothing else, this conversation has meant a lot to me and probably will be mean a lot to my siblings to hear. But I'm glad we got to have this talk. Well, my name is Wayne Heckford, and this is my story of the middle. And I'm your host, Brandy Bostic, and you've been listening to the Up From The Muck podcast. If you're interested in getting a little extra content, check out my Patreon account for merch and other cool perks. Psalm 40, verse 2. He bought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. Mm.